This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening, everybody, and welcome once again into Come On Kind here in the KCLR studios in Kilkenny with myself, Martin Quilty. And as usual, I'm joined this evening by my co-host, Anya Fahey. Good evening, Anya. Good evening, Martin. How are you? Well, great, thank you. We had a busy weekend last weekend with games all over the place that we will be reviewing them very shortly. But obviously we're skipping a little bit of head because mm-hmm. there's a meeting on tonight and we are delighted to be joined in the studio by the chairperson of Kilkenny Camogie, Teresa Elward. Good evening, Teresa. Thanks, Martin. Delighted to be here. Teresa can't hear me at the minute and I can't hear her. Right, Anya's going to move across because the reason we are doing this a little bit first is we are going to do the draw live for the quarterfinals of the Shaw's Department Store Inter immediate Camogie Championship and I'm going to move my microphone over a small little bit so the way we have it is we have eight envelopes here on the table this is live by the way on Facebook obviously not for anyone listening on Tuesday because we are recording on a Monday evening so Teresa is going to pull one from pot one and Anya is going to pull one from pot two none of them have any idea what's in either envelope so Teresa if you want to pull the first one I'd go first there you go and we we'll see who's in pot one. And open it up. They are all sealed to the back, so nobody has any idea no of what way it's going to be. And the first team out is... The first team out is Mullinavat. Mullinavat. And Mullen will play a team from pot two. And Anya is going to give us this draw. Who is it going to be, Anya? Oh, she's going to be killed. It's a repeat of a couple of weeks ago. It is St. Lactans. That is Mullinavat versus St. Lactans. What a prospect that's going to be. Right, Teresa? Okay. Game two. Game two. Who is it going to be? It is... The Roar in a Stig. The Roar in a Stig. And the Roar in a Stig is going to play somebody from Pot 2, Anya. Who is it going to be? Emerald St. Anne's. It's going to be Emerald St. Anne's. And that is a home game for the Roar. I should mention it is a home game for Mullinavat as well. We will recap on all these shortly. The third team out is Mooncoin. Is Mooncoin, only recently promoted from the junior ranks last year. They are going to play. Who is it going? Ballyhale Shamrocks. Oh, a derby again. It is Ballyhale Shamrocks against Mooncoin, which means the last team out in pot one should be James Stevens. James Stevens. And it is indeed. And James Stevens should be going to play if everything goes according to plan. Danes Fort. Danes Fort. So a recap on the quarterfinals in the Intermediate Championship. It is going to be Mullinavat versus St. Lactans in Mullinavat. The Roar in Estig versus Emeralds St. Dan's in Innistig. Moonkine versus Ballyhale Shamrocks in Moonkine. And James Stevens versus Danes Fort in Pork. Seamus Stephon. All those games are fixed for Monday, the 18th of September. We're still in September. We are. We are on episode five, by the way, just in case for anyone who is following us. Teresa Elwood, chair of the Kilkenny Camogie Board. Thank you very much indeed. That was uh, great and well worked. Anya, thank you. Now you can get back over to your normal spot. And we would say goodbye to all of our Facebook friends. Uh, The draw has been completed at this stage. And we will continue on with our podcast. So... Yeah, Teresa, thank you very much for that. Thanks, bye. That was a nice little bit uh, towards the end of it. Right, so Facebook Live, we go to Next, we go to Never Deleted, we post it, 
and that's now gone to the Facebook page my producer behind me here is doing great work well done Lillian no. Anya it has been a hectic uh, weekend over the course of last weekend with the senior first round games on mm. the intermediate first round games on some games in the junior and we now know who's playing in the senior and the intermediate quarterfinals so first of all we are going to go to the adult competitions and it was the Will we start with the senior? We will. Should we do the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior Championship? Wine Gap versus Conaghy first. Wine Gap, 111. Conaghy, 18. Of course, the teams that got bet last weekend are now finished for the season, which is another story for later on in the podcast. But for now, good win for Wine Gap. Disappointing though for Conaghy. Yeah, I think so. Definitely a disappointing result for Conaghy. I know they've been working really, really hard this year and I suppose to having to go to play in Wine Gap was always going to be a slight disadvantage to any team that has to travel there. They're very hard to beat on their own home turf as well. Um, but to be fair, I, I, for me personally, I don't think that was um, that was a major shock there. What would shock me the, the most is probably the scoreline that was in it. I would have nearly expected Wine Gap to win that game by, by a little uh, more of a margin there. But I I think you have to give credit to Conaghy where credit is due there they're a very very young team as well and you know we've mentioned it previously without Roisin feeling there you know she was obviously going to be a massive loss for Conaghy um, but I think they can be very proud in the way that they kind of you know um, put themselves through the senior championship this year I know last year they would have been very disappointed but I think yeah listen they're a young team and they're going to just get stronger and stronger with the years and you know they always have a really really strong underage setup as well so mm-hmm. I think listen I think for Conaghy the main thing is just kind of like keeping that senior level and regrouping and rebuilding again for next year like a lot of us have to do as well but um, I think you know Wine Gap will be happy that they they obviously are happy they're into a quarter final now but I would consider them probably very lucky on that scoreline 111 to 18 to be fair to them but you know Wine Gap now back in a quarter final and anything could happen for them They are and you did predict that that was going to be the case for um, that game as well so I suppose maybe the the scoreline with the weather conditions we have to say last weekend Mm. as well could have played a huge part to it they were absolutely atrocious um, for last uh, Sunday morning at uh, 11 o'clock games the wind the rain uh, I've seen even pictures on Facebook of different places in Kilkenny we were lucky enough the pitches seemed to hold up well yeah. but I think it was actually an Antrim it was like watching water polo above the football match up there how it went ahead yeah. I don't know but yeah so Wine Gap will march into the quarterfinals at the weekend we'll find out who they're playing a little bit later on the next game then was the meeting of Thomastown versus St. Bridget's you did predict it would be a win for Thomastown it was 7 points in the end 14 points Thomas Thomastown, seven points for St. Bridget's. Thomastown may be surprisingly enough to see him uh, in the first round game because yeah. they're normally well prepared and not saying they weren't, but we, yeah. we don't tend to see them in a, a first round game. They're normally in quarterfinals straight up, but I suppose it's good for them to get a game under their belt and it's the end of the road, unfortunately, for St. Bridget's. Yeah, definitely. I think for Thomastown, you know, having played against them at the start of the year there, you know, in the first round of the league, it, it's definitely a very much 
much a new look Thomastown team when you look at it like there's an awful lot of very young players on that team and you know when you're kind of looking at the losses that they have this year you know uh, Megan Farrell is a massive massive loss to them Eilish Butler wasn't available the day that we were playing them as well and, you know they have a couple of other girls that have kind of come and gone over the last couple of years um, so I think for Thomastown probably having the round one game was uh, is going to be a massive advantage to them because they probably are still learning an awful lot and a lot of those girls are potentially probably only playing in their first year at senior I know that's kind of crazy to even think about because Thomastown have such a great history in it um, you know for St. Bridget's they're obviously going to be bitterly disappointed with that but I think you know I've been just saying it all along about them they're so young at the moment that I really feel in the next couple of years that they really could be a team that's going to be in for a massive dominance in the in the, in the senior ranks there but I think you know for St. Bridget's it's just back to the drawing board again um, but the, I think they can very much hold themselves high they came out of a very very tough group as well this year like when you look at it they had to play the likes of Dixborough, Pilltown and Wine Gap and by no means was that an easy group at all that was a very very difficult group to come yep. out of you know you last year's two county finalists in it and then you have Wine, Wine Gap who are always there thereabouts um, so yeah listen for St Bridges they'll obviously be very disappointed um, but for Thomastown yeah marching straight into a, a county quarter final and again we will discover who Thomastown are playing in the quarter final just a little bit later on as well um, I suppose the next one too not easy for uh, yourselves you were up against Barrow Rangers um, in the first round game as well it did end up Barrow Rangers as soon as I can find it here 111 to 10 points only the 4 mm. points in it in the end um, I can tell by your face even straight away like that disappointed to be gone out of the championship uh, so I suppose you were at the game part of it how did it go? Yeah, listen, I think to be fair, and I know you mentioned it mentioned it there already, that, you know, the weather conditions definitely, um, you know, impacted for both teams. I'm not going to make any excuses, though. It was a really good game of camogie. It was a very clean, fair game of camogie. It was very much evenly balanced the whole way out. You know, it was going to take a goal to win that match yesterday. And listen, Roisin Breen stepped up. She took a free it ricocheted into the back of the net there. And that ultimately was the difference then. I think once um, Barra Rangers got that goal then they really just pushed themselves on and you know it kind of drove them on as well but you know I think for Tullerone you know we have an awful lot to learn we're bitterly disappointed obviously to be knocked out in the first round and it feels like it's so early in the year like it's the it was the what the 10th the 11th of September and yep. you know your camogie season's gone after three games like you know and it's very very hard to take but you have to give credit where credit's due to Barra Rangers you know especially in the last 10-15 minutes they were a lot more hungrier for it um, and they were went for everything and you know they made a couple of positional changes in the last 15 minutes and it proved definitely to be um, the definitive moment of it um, you know so I think you know listen they're going to they're going to have it all to do this weekend as well but you'd have to give them I, I couldn't say any comments about them you know getting the victory obviously we're bitterly disappointed I did feel that Tullerone in my opinion we out hurled them for you know 30-40 minutes of that but it's, I suppose if you're not going to be able to you know nullify it onto the scoreboard you know it's not going to it's not going to happen for you um, but yeah we we just have to regroup for next year and you know we're not going to make excuses as to why we didn't why we didn't get past the, the first round but you know it's it's our year over and 
done and dusted. Yeah, and it is disappointing. Yeah. And I know it was probably a little tongue in cheek with me saying that I was going to go for Barra Rangers, mm. but just on form last week, like they were the team that was performing that little bit better um, than mm. yourselves. And I suppose the fact that they're only up from the intermediate grade yeah. as well last year, a bit like Moonkine um, mm-hmm. performing at the intermediates, which we'll get to a little bit later on as well. But the teams that has come up, you wouldn't think that they're only after getting promoted. They're like teams that have been there for years because yeah. they are performing so well week in, week out and they're getting the results. Yeah, they certainly are. Like, And I suppose, you know, any team that comes up to a new level after winning the county final the year previous, they don't have any fear when they're coming up. And I suppose everything is so new and so exciting to them that they're kind of relishing in the opportunity of playing every match. And, you know, it's unfortunate for teams that, you know, have been there. They kind of have that fear of like, oh God, we need to beat them. They're only after coming up new um, into the grade. But, you know, certainly I think Bar Rangers have, have been holding their head very well this year at senior level, as have Moonkine as well at um, intermediate level. And it's kind of, you know, it's this it's the excitement of the unknown that they have, I think, going towards a new Camogie campaign the following year. And, you know, it certainly has proved it. I said it last year as well about Bar Rangers. I thought they, I'd said that they were going to bring something new to the senior championship and they weren't going to be one bit out of place. And I fully, fully believe that, you know, they, they are in the they are in the right situation. They've got some phenomenal players. I must say Katie O'Byrne was very good yesterday as well. You know, just her movement in around the full forward line and, you know, she was just, she was well able to catch a ball. She scored a magnificent point as well. But for me, I definitely think, you know, your standout player was Roisin Breen. Okay, yes, and George, her first scores came from freeze. We had Grace Keown, who was Markner, and I must say Grace Keown has been probably, you know, one of our most outstanding players this year herself. Anna Dahlin and Kira uh, Dunn have just been exceptional um, but you know I think on a day like yesterday where the wind and the rain was just torrential it was going to come down to her free taking and I must say she was pinpoint perfect on every single one of them and that ultimately was the difference as well Neve Dowlin was on our free as well again absolutely excellent on them too so yesterday the weather conditions yesterday definitely came down to the free taking because it was very hard to get scores from open play because of the conditions that you were playing in and we've but, said it before it's yeah. vital to have a good free taker absolutely. on your team and mm-hmm. approve that at the weekend as well. Yeah, it certainly did. Like, and I think it was definitely needed. Um, you know, every team, I suppose, especially at senior level, you you really need a really good free taker that's something yeah. that you can count on you know when it, when the pins are down and you need someone to pull it out you know like, we ha- like we're very lucky in Tullerone that we have Neve and obviously Paul Town are very very lucky Bar Rangers are very very lucky that they have Roisin Breen as well because she was absolutely excellent on the freeze I must say yesterday Well on average a free taker at the minute the way things yeah. are going like they're scoring four to five points a game like that's Easily. massive in a game mm. that's tight you know when you're looking for scores and you can rely on someone that's going to step up and 99 times out of 100 they're going to bang yeah. a ball over the bar for you it could be a winning score mm. it could be a score to draw a level and bring it to extra time you just don't know but yeah, yeah free takers are vitally important yeah. uh, when it comes to any kind of a game but and it's the range she has as well and that's something that I was kind of taken back in awe about like you, you mean the lengthwise the length of it like, you could put any ball 65 yards out from the goal in front of Roisin Breen and she's she's doing it at ease like she yeah. really really is like and she just has she's got a serious set of hands in her like she's just she's she's absolutely gifted she you really, said that really just is. before yeah, yeah like, like she's it. absolutely brilliant and I suppose last year you know like she was definitely one of the standout performers for Bar Rangers last year in their county final win and you know she certainly is pushing it up to some of the, the best senior clubs here in Kilkenny as well at the moment yeah well that is the case then because we have Wine Gap Thomastown and Bar Rangers going forward into the quarterfinal draws 
was uh, at the weekend and those games have been predetermined already and we were going to preview them very very shortly indeed we are going to move on to the intermediate uh, championship where there was a couple of games down for a decision in the first round the first of them being O'Loughlin Gales versus Emerald St. Dan's I suppose the two teams in this probably had the best of the weather on Sunday it was a late evening throw and at half past five it ended up with victory for Emeralds St. Dan's on a scoreline of 4-7 to 2-11 only two points in it in the end fantastic scoring but for Emerald St. Dan's it was probably a win that they did need yeah. unlucky for O'Loughlin Gales they're now gone out of the championship because they were into the quarterfinal stages last year where they come up against Mullinavat not to be this year disappointing for them but Emerald St. Dan's march into the quarterfinals themselves Yeah they certainly do and you know I suppose for Emerald St. Dan's we have mentioned about it we kind of expect well, I think we probably have a high expectation um, from them as well because you know they have always been competing in like semi-finals quarter-finals over the last couple of years and they have such a wealth and a calibre of players there as well that they should be competing at the top level there too and you know I suppose for Lachlan Gales there there was that little bit of a concern that they probably hadn't been going as well as we'd nearly expected and you know maybe did the Emerald St. Anne's match come a little bit too early for them potentially now I was talking to somebody who was at the match and um, they were kind of saying that you know the one thing that they noticed is that you know it, everything was going was working a lot better for Emerald St. Anne's they knew where each other was that mm-hmm. Lachlan's kind of looked like they were nearly a new team kind of all getting together but I think we have to remember there's an awful lot of new players after coming into that um, Lachlan Gales team as well um, but yeah listen I think Emerald St. Anne's will be very happy that you know they're obviously going back into a quarter final they're just going to have to put the start of their league campaign right to the back and I suppose they've probably learned an awful lot from that maybe the loss in the first day out is really the kickstart that they did need and you know they're only going to progress and, and go on and you know you know they're going to have a, a quarter final now next weekend I was thinking I actually seen the scores come in here just uh, a short time ago with Neve Sweeney getting three of the goals uh, Michaela Ryan scoring 1-6 and Emma Dunphy getting the point as well and I mean we know that Neve is a fantastic player albeit I would expect Neve to be playing in the back line and not really in the forward line and maybe mm. she was but when you see her popping up and scoring three goals and probably three vital goals as well because with only two points in it in the end um, you need your players like the Neve Sweeney's the Neve Lahys and a few more of them that's out yeah. there as well to step up to the mark and they're now after doing that and they're now into the quarterfinals which is good to see for themselves Yeah it certainly is and you know the, yeah you're dead right like you do need your older players and your more experienced players to really push things on it you know and you were kind of you know showing up there and throwing up a couple of goals like the two like both Neves would have had a little bit of experience I suppose in the forwards Neve Sweeney was potentially probably in or around the forwards you know this year and last year with the intermediates and Neve Lahey has done her stint in the forwards as well so two very versatile players certainly are and you know they're going to be definitely going to be looking at them as well in the quarter final to try and get them over the line there and you know there's a lot of, a lot of new girls as well there you've got Emma Dunphy as well you know for Emma St. Anne she's going to be certainly a player mm-hmm. to watch too you've got Michaela Ryan as well another player yep. that's going to have to watch you've got Neve McCormick there as well there's a lot of girls you they're know. not going to be easy No, there's, there's nobody not. really want to be going to be playing no. them and we know that they are going to be playing somebody uh, very shortly because that draw was done live at the start of yeah. the podcast here earlier on um, I suppose you were laughing when you pulled out the, the envelope uh, with St. Lactons that was I'm in just after getting messages already <laughs> like literally you know why would you do that to your sister-in-law oh God almighty yeah 
with it. I can see Paula Dowling coming down on top of me. I won't say what she said to me uh, the other evening via text message, I can tell you. But uh, St. Lactons were playing St. Clare's at the weekend. And again, it was a very, very, very good game of Camogie played in probably the better conditions at half three Sunday afternoon. It was a five point victory for St. Lactons in that one, 211 to 19. Yeah, so what were you told about the game first of all before we move on to the preview of you getting killed for the way that you pulled out the team out of the envelope anyway? Surprisingly, no, I actually haven't been talking to anyone. I kind of went into a recluse yesterday evening, uh, yesterday morning after my own match and refused point blank to actually talk to anybody. Um, so I didn't even, terrible, I didn't even ask how they got on. I actually had to find out online myself because I was just in one of those moods. I didn't want to talk to anyone. As it um, happens. Well, I yeah. can tell you that it was a very, very, very tight game. There was only one point in it right up to we'll say the last couple of minutes where St Lactans did pull away in the end they probably showed their bit of experience maybe St Clair's showing a lack of inexperience mm. to a certain degree because both teams are very young yeah. um, you know and you can see that by the way that they were playing on the field there wasn't much in it at all at all um, and it is going to be a good quarter final you know St Lactons are pushing along nicely for a team mm-hmm. that has only split up from Liz Downey yeah. this year you know there was probably concerns raised at the start of the year that were they going to be competitive or not in the, the division itself at intermediate or what the case was was going to be and in fairness they're probably holding their own at the minute you know they might not go on and win the county final but certainly at the minute they are competing Yeah they certainly are and I think listen to be honest with you I think St. Clair's are definitely going to be coming away from that game a lot more disappointed than St. Lactons were if they were to lose it because you know St. Clair's you know they have instilled themselves at intermediate level and they really need to be pushing on now a bit further and I suppose St. Lactons extremely young we've said this about them numerous times they are a really really young team like you're looking at you know Lydia Fitz potentially being like one of your oldest players on the team and she's not even that old like No she's not all. when you look at it no. You know, um, so yeah I think for St. Lactons they'll be very happy that they got you know through round one and I think they'll actually be relishing the fact that they are going to play um, Mulnavat in a, in a quarter final the fact that they have only played them a couple of weeks ago there wasn't much in that game Nothing as well at all and I think all. the girls I think Freshford are really going to take a massive boost in confidence from that and you know I think definitely the more games that they've played together the more games that they're getting under their belt it's only going to strengthen them um, yeah so it'll be very interesting to see but all in all a really really good result for St. Lactons you know to be getting over St. Clair's in, in a round one game and I do know that the Kendi girls had a very good game uh, Anya Feelham was on the score sheet as well mm-hmm. um, the full back for St Lactons was very Carmel good R. yeah you mentioned her name the mm-hmm. last day to me um, and also their number 4 uh, as well at the weekend which is why there's a bloody pity we haven't got Coakley, yeah, the team yeah. sheets like to see M-A-D, who the players were but um, yeah like they, they were the players that stood out for me anyway um, you know it was, a, it was a very good game in oh, fairness was it Quiva Hickey? could have been Quiva Hickey I'd say yeah, that, that's why it is a pity. A like a breed of a fits in her as well. She'd be Lydia's, Lydia's niece. We, yeah. we we couldn't even get a team sheet because all the team sheets in the whole lot were drowned uh, yeah. with the referees <laughs> afterwards like so um, yeah no look it was a very good game as you say St. Clair's will probably be dis- bitterly disappointed like I mean they had a good enough campaign last year mm. um, you know I think they got to the quarter final again last year uh, you know the, not to get to the quarter final this year is probably a step backwards yeah. for them yep. but when you look at the results 
going throughout the, the league and the uh, the championship itself you know bitterly disappointed year for them but yeah. again they're a young team they can regroup come back stronger again mm. next year the same as the teams that have been knocked out of it but for now it is the end of the road for St. Clair's and St. Lacton's have marched on into the quarter finals another team marching on and by God did they march on at the weekend was Danes <coughs> Ford with a 14 point victory over Glenmore 115 to 1-1 this was played in the roughest part of the conditions um, on Sunday morning uh, but Glenmore struggling um, a little bit it seems to be this year you know yeah. their, the results are showing it as well but for Danes Ford they'll be happy to get another game under their belt a good victory and it sets them up nicely now going into the quarterfinals as well Yeah it certainly does and you know the one thing about Danes Ford this year we have noticed that they have been you know they're, they're definitely not afraid to get onto that scoreboard and they have been you know raking up some really really good scores to be honest with you it's not a massive you know it's not a massive shock as well that they did come up, come away with a very very comfortable victory in that my worry I think really is for Glenmore this year um you know, I understand they're a very, very young team, and you know, they it is probably it is probably you know very hard for a lot of those girls to be kind of going out and getting defeats like that. And it's probably something that maybe the club needs to look at them look at as well. Like you know, do they maybe request to go back down to to junior because it's not it's not nice having to go out and get beaten by that. Like you know, they're averaging averaging one 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 two a game, and you know they really are being you know beaten badly by a lot of teams like and it's not going to do them any bit the world of confidence at all and you know it's probably about a lot of it I think is for Glenmore it's going to be about rebuilding and regrouping and you know getting girls developing the players and getting the girls up to that level and there is no there's no harm in it and there's no qualms about it you know you have to do what's probably best for a club in this in the situation The only thing on that though is I mean they have good girls that is coming up the way yeah. you know that are at under 16 level so they would be eligible to play albeit an adult competition mm-hmm. we've seen that though with some of them like Freshwood are playing young girls yeah. St. Clair's are playing young girls you know I mean you're trying to build on the the teams themselves I know that probably if a team did go back down mm-hmm. when they did the last time it did take them a long time to get back up so yeah. I suppose the fact that when there is no relegation at the minute that if you can regroup you know get a couple of girls in Mm -hmm. a bit of coaching into them as well you know rebuild you know instill a bit of confidence Confidence into the team because I mean when you're getting beaten by big scores it does drain the confidence out of players themselves but the fact is that there is no relegation you know next year that they can focus on competing staying at intermediate level Mm -hmm. whereas I just feel that if you did and I mean I know what you're saying it does help some teams yeah. probably to rebuild that bit quicker yeah. um, I just fear that if a team did go down to a lower level uh, you know it's, it's like defeating yourself defeating the purpose mm. um, and to get back out of it again like could be an absolute nightmare you could be playing at that level for an awful long time afterwards I mean, it is not guaranteed that just yeah. because you go down a level you're going to come straight, straight back, back up again up. No and I totally get that and I understand and listen I know Glenn Moore you know worked really really hard to get up to intermediate level and you know and it's brilliant for them it, it's just my fear it's like you know we have to be very careful with Camogie and I suppose it's all girls sports really you know when girls kind of hit that age anywhere between 18 to 21, 22 that's when they start to dwindle away from Camogie 
and going out. It's actually even a lot younger, would yeah, you believe it? Because the, like going out the study, matches. yeah, I know, but the study at the minute is actually, it was mm. at that age group, would say seven, eight years ago. Yeah. It then filtered back down to the minors, under 16, under 18 yeah. level. It's actually gone lower which at is, this stage yeah. now. It's gone between 12 to 16 at this stage, which is frightening in a lot of cases. It is. It's frightening. And I suppose that's the way I would be kind of looking at that. I'd hate for a lot of these girls to walk away from Camogie, you know, in the first place. I don't think there's any shame in maybe looking at what options they have there because I think it's very, very important to keep girls playing but keep them playing exactly. at a competitive yep. level. And, you know, I think I think it's definitely something that they could look at and I think it would help with the development of the club as well. Like, you know, there has been a massive history of Camogie and Glenmore. You know, they worked seriously hard to get up to intermediate in the first place a couple of years ago. Um, you know, some of their stalwarts obviously have retired whatever the case may be but you know I, I do think it is about time that it's it's probably the right time and it's not just for Glenmore might I add it's for a lot of teams mm-hmm. as well yeah, yeah. they need to go back to basics go back to rebuilding regrouping and it's, it's very important for the development of Camogie in the club and within the county as well Yeah well certainly uh, if you look at it I mean as we said Lisdowney and Freshford has split St. Lactons of course yeah. at the start of the year um, they're out on their own they were taking on Ballyhale Shamrocks at the weekend as well and Ballyhale going forward to a quarter final spot with a 1-12 to 1-4 victory over over Liz Downey. Now again, Liz Downey are a bit like Glenmore, I suppose, in the fact that they are a very young team. Mm. You know, they have been amalgamated for seven plus years, yeah, you know, and then you find it very hard that you're out on your own, you're trying to compete again. Um, they were getting beatings as well. You know, they had a very good win over Freshford, let's yeah. be fair, in the group stages, mm-hmm. which yeah. probably set them up nicely going into the, the remainder of the championship. But Again, like a lot of teams, unfortunately, it's the end of the road for them this year, but they can rebuild again for next year. The fact that there is no relegation, they can, mm-hmm. you know, put a, a serious effort now into competing more, getting more girls up to the team again that is eligible to play for them. And like a lot of clubs, as you say, just to rebuild and refocus again for the coming season. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, for Liz Downey in particular, like there are exciting times ahead of them. I do think, you know, definitely getting that win over Freshford in the round stages was a massive boost of confidence for them. You know, they have, okay, yes, they haven't been win, they didn't win any other matches, but they were still competing in, in, in those games. Like, you know, okay, yes, I know they got some heavy beatings but still they were managing to come out and I think you know the beating St. Lactus was a massive addition to them they have an awful lot of underage girls that are playing within inter-county development squads as well so I think Liz Downey are probably probably in a really good position as well at the moment they just have to take their time they need to they need to be patient really at the moment and they just have to drive on because I do think there are some incredible players there as well and you know I think that they could they could really do well over the next couple of years Yeah. God I better push my button so I can be heard <laughs> on that one uh, although some fellas would say maybe nearly shut it up at that stage but um, yeah no exactly Look, it's uh, exciting times ahead for everyone, pondering times for a lot more clubs as well to know yeah. where they go from here. Um, before we move into the, the junior, because we have a bit of an announcement on that as well, I suppose the fact that we are now in what, we're the 12th of September mm. um, at this stage and for a lot of clubs, yeah. let's be fair, that's the end of the camogie for yeah. the coming year unless you have 
players that might be eligible for under 21 or something that way you know that you have a competition left or you might have a couple of minor girls that has a couple of minor girls left yeah. but I'm talking about and I don't mean this the wrong way right and I'm not putting in the boot now either and don't think that I am but for the likes of yourself yeah. right or a couple more girls um, that's out there as well that are of the age we'll say between the 28 onwards you know 21 <laughs> yeah well I mean there's there's not much camogie out there for them um, and I mean with the split season is it working to give girls enough camogie playing time in the season at the minute is it working <sighs> um, honestly at the moment I like I don't think so like I think and I suppose I listen I can only talk about it myself and Tullerone this year you know we've had regardless of you know the all county leagues and summer leagues and all of that we've really only had three competitive games this year which is not a hell of a it's lot it's not a lot and as you said you know to be out of it on the 11th of September it's a bit of a kick up the bum as well do you know like I don't I really I really feel like it's you know I really feel like you know if you want to get competitive in games we need to be having more we need to be having more competitive games you know to but we're also on a catch 22 string with yeah. that one as well as we've said because even if the provincial championships mm. would say is pushed out a small little bit like yeah. I mean our county final is not on until the 15th of October obviously you have to give a certain amount of time because yeah. there's no finish on the day protocols now it's actually extra time in the first lot of games and if it's still a draw it goes to a replay whereas that hasn't been the case during COVID yeah. times yeah. you know they finished on the day so you have to allow a bit more space in it but that means that you're obviously trying to constrain all of the group games then into a very small amount of time mm. where you're, you're not giving yourself a lot of chance I mean if you were 12 teams you could potentially have two groups of six have five games in yeah. the group as mm. normal times would have allowed you know then put your championship games from that so at least you're getting yeah. the five games in the round robin series and your knockout game as well which will be six games yeah I think that I think that would be a lot more beneficial to the clubs to be fair like and I think you know when you're looking at it you can't be competitive games like and I understand you can go off and get as many challenge matches as you want but they're, they're not, not the, same. the same no no they're not going to be the same when it comes to your own championship games it's not I because think, intensity maybe it's yeah, not there exactly. you haven't got all players, your players yeah you know, players is a big thing as well I do think you know it would have been a lot more beneficial for clubs I definitely think it would have been definitely beneficial for Tullerone if we did have a lot more competitive games I understand the summer leagues and the all county league is there as well and I really don't want to be um, I don't want to be critical over this but I don't think clubs take them serious at all Um I understand, you know, you can't play with your county players, but I think it's it's gone to the stage where like I don't like I think we still I think we didn't play one or two of our games. You know, I think they're not it's not being taken serious enough and I don't think that it's because there's probably not much made of it, if if that makes sense. But I do think it would have been a lot I do think it would be a lot more beneficial for Camogie in general if we did have more championship games. Um, you know, it was disappointing, like three games three games played and you're gone in the space of four weeks. So basically it's you know, a, we've had girls that have been back like, training yeah. from since February last year and they have literally played three important games this year in the space of four weeks and they're gone. Like, you know, and it's the same for other teams as well. Like, I'm, this is not just Tullerone. No, no, I mean, it that's what I'm saying. Same. Yeah, you it have Connie, you have St. Clair's, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. I would love to see more competitive games, more championship games. Like, you work so hard, like, you know, you work so hard and your aim is to always go for the championship and then, you know, to be gone after two, three games, it's a bit... 
you know, it's kind it's of... It's a kick in the teeth. It's and a kick, kick in the, the teeth. Gutter, I feel like yeah. it's very... And I feel like this year's Camogie Championship is really fast as well. Like, And I'm kind of like, how are we at a quarterfinal stage already? Like, you know, it feels like it's literally only after starting. And I, do you know what? Another thing as well, and I know you can't... Listen, you can't have... You can't have it every way, but I do think what would be more beneficial as well is I think the county players do do like I think there should be an extra bit of a break for them as well like I know listen I understand with fixtures it is very very hard and I get that but you know you have the county guards playing in an All-Ireland final on a Sunday and two weeks later they're back out with the club championship we were definitely hampered with injuries with our county girls some of the other clubs as well were they're kind of going they're constantly going they're getting no time to recuperate Um, and I do think even just an extra week Break, like you know, to build it out to three weeks. I think that would be more beneficial. And, and I don't I think mean it would to sound this clubs as well. And I don't mean to sound just what's the word I'm looking for condescending either. Mm. But the fact that they actually did get the two weeks was yeah. probably lucky because yeah. normally, as soon as the all earned is finished, oh, you're straight, you're straight back into it like yeah. the following week, and the girls don't even get time to celebrate no. it. So, yeah, I know where you're coming yeah. from. The extra week would be beneficial to it. Yeah, but again, would. then you're trying to push on everything else, and you're then getting into later and going on to Christmas time as we were mm. with the, the provincial championships like uh, last year I think was it nearly four days before the um, the Leinster final was played uh, last year in the Camogie coming oh, up near Christmas think. like I know we were yeah, oh, yeah, yeah above an Abbottstown yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Um, they were very very late but look everything is a catch 22 we're always looking for more games and to give teams uh, probably a little bit more time then as well but look that's probably a, a story for another day after all the championships are done and dusted and completed etc I don't know what's going on between uh, the two bigger either groups now bigger groups in the group stages I think that's what's really been kind of pinned out there which is right as well like I think let's be fair for let's be fair for um, senior level anyway you know in the group that Tullerone were in there was only two teams in it it was of no benefit to anybody there was four teams in the other one yeah um, I, I well, let me put, it, let me put another question to you and I don't like throwing these at you mm. the, you know because I haven't asked you to prepare for this or anything that way but the majority of the consensus is to try and have the 12 teams at senior 12 teams at intermediate mm-hmm. and filtering down then to the junior championship as well yeah and some people has been mooting this for a time as well that maybe we should constrain that and put 10 teams at senior 10 teams at intermediate and then the rest of the teams at junior as well so that if you had two groups of five you'd probably have your four group games then in it you'd have your knockout game which is probably a bit more manageable than having Mm. your five round robin games and then your knockout game etc so do you think that it should be the, the 12 teams in it or should far to get the games put down to the 10 teams senior intermediate etc and work it then from the, to the two groups of five Mm, interesting. Do you know what? It, it probably would. It probably would be of benefit to have ten teams in it, um, because I think, I think there is starting to probably grow in the senior campaign anyway. A There's bit of a, a gap. A, a bit of a gap between the top tier teams and the bottom tier teams. And that's a worry as well. Whereas if you had it just at 10 teams each, you're kind of looking at the 10 best teams at senior level in the county there. it probably And it's the same at intermediate level as well. Like you are kind of looking at a gap between the top team and the bottom teams as well. And that's where things don't get, that's where things don't get competitive at all. Um, so it mightn't be any, it mightn't be any harm to have 10 teams at it. And, you know, you would be getting more competitive games and then you'd be given 
then both groups you'd be giving every team then at all levels they'd be getting more competitive games they'd get more championship games and that's what they want and they're not knocked out after two or three games in a in a championship Yeah well maybe that's something that we mm. could debate uh, later on as well in the year and give us something else to uh, to chat about and debate about and probably have a row about as well mm. it wouldn't know but uh, yeah I suppose on the good news front we've only been calling the junior championship junior championship with the last number of weeks because there hasn't been a sponsor but we can reveal that there is now a sponsor for the junior championship it's no longer just the junior championship it is now the Kilkenny Rivercourt Hotel junior championship after the one of the Neville Group hotels has come on board um, as one of our main sponsors of the club competitions and thank you very much to the Rivercourt for that Anthony Smith. Anthony, thank you. I was trying to think of his name and I knew he was a Smith but I couldn't think of what the first name was. So to Anthony and all the gang in Kilkenny Rivercourt, thank you so much for the wonderful sponsorship and talking about that, there was two games in the Kilkenny Rivercourt Junior Championship last weekend. The first of them up was Nave Breed, Aaron Zone up against Carrick Shock. This was in Group B. It was a couple of the remaining games that was in it and it was victory for Carrick Shock by 2-14 to a goal in this one. It doesn't knock out everyone because obviously they still go forward into mm-hmm. the quarterfinals, which are on uh, the weekend coming as well. So it was a result that you did predict, didn't it? Probably not much to say about it, only that, uh, you know, we did say before, great to have Nabreed and Aaron's own joints together. Yep. They are competing at adult level. Yep. Not a good day at the office at the weekend, but they'll regroup and move forward for the next one. Um then we obviously had the other game then between Greg Namana and Tullerher. Uh, I was supposed to be in the middle for this one and I could have talked all about it, but it didn't happen that way because of uh, double bookings uh, that was going on in the uh, in the game itself. So uh, I wasn't going to have a row with John Welsh over it, so I left him off um, to do it. But Greg Namana actually came away with victory in that one, as they did uh, in the last game that I done with him, I think in the league as well. So um, Greg Namana are making great strides in the, mm. the competition yeah they certainly are considering last year we were looking at some of the games that they were actually giving walkovers to and yep. that they couldn't feel so it's, this is a massive U-turn for them and you know really really good to see from them that's an excellent result for them and you know they'll be very happy I'll, to be honest with you I'm kind of a bit surprised over it I really thought that Tullerher would uh, would come out on tops in that game like if I'm being honest but that's, uh, well, that's an excellent if you look at previous results it was certainly yeah. looking like that yeah, but you never know no you certainly don't that's an excellent result for Greg Namana so keep up the good work yeah you know the Carrick shock result as well definitely not a massive shock there but I think we do have to remember Nave Breach Aaron's own they literally are a very very young team Nave Breach itself have only set up over the last two three years uh, I believe they're doing phenomenal work at their underage and you know it's great to see them having an adult team there regardless of whether they have to join up with someone and yeah listen they're only going to get stronger and stronger as the years come but at least you know they have a team in and they're trying to develop Camogie and they're going in the right direction which brings us to the right direction of quarterfinals and what all this is all about and what everybody likes to hear is Anya Fahey's predictions for the weekend to know what's going to come true. Do they? They do, do because... They? Uh, I'm getting abuse it's, here. It's nearly giving the um, the kiss of life to some people and it's nearly being the Grim Reaper coming to <coughs> others if you say that they're going to win. But sure, look, someone has to win these games anyway um, and you're only uh, going on form, etc., etc., 
but we are going to start with the quarterfinals of the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior Championship Games these are down for Sunday and as I always say it comes with a caveat make sure you look at kilkennycamogie.ie for any late changes because there is a load of underage and adult GAA matches that's down for decision as well so at the moment these are down for Sunday morning but they are subject to change so before you go to any of the games check the website for up to date uh, fixtures and you will get them all there Anya the first game on the list here is the meeting of the Muggley women St Martins versus Pilltown and I can see the daggers already starting now to come <coughs> at you but uh, who's going to win this fine tussle in the first of the quarterfinals hmm do you know what this is actually a lot more this is actually a lot harder than you like I suppose to people outside the domain they would probably look at going Pilltown should win this game hands down Piltown are struggling. Doesn't work at the that way. They really are struggling. Like you're missing the two, you're missing the two Doyle sisters from this squad. Um, Katie Power didn't play the last day either. No due to injury. Now, listen. I think we all know Katie Power is going to be back for a quarter final with her club. She is going to be playing in that. In saying that, Muckley kind of have the momentum with them at the moment, and I think they are going very, very well. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a Muckley victory. <laughs> Oh, now she's going for us. The producer is laughing her head off here at the minute. So yeah. is that your final answer? I feel like Chris Tarrant here now. You're going with St. Martin's in the first of that quarterfinal. And it's at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with St. Martin's in that, yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. That'll be an interesting game. I think they're all going to be yeah. interesting games. There's none of them going to be easy. Uh, so, right, you're going for St. Martin's in that yeah. one. Just Pip uh, Pilltown on that one. Okay, well... It'd be nice to see a new team in a semi-final as well. It would. Um, we could have uh, definitely a new team in the semi-final because they met in the semi-final last year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in Dunmore, I think it was. And we it did was because we had high hopes. No, it wasn't semi final. It was the quarter final, or it was the year before then as well. But these two teams have met up all along through under sixteen minor. They played one another in county finals. I think actually it might have been two years ago that the semi final was in it. Um, that Thomastown came out mm. on top in it. Uh, but Young Ireland's of Goran is playing neighbours Thomastown in Goran in the quarter final of the senior championships. Now, madam, who's going to win this? I'm going to go with Young Ireland's on this one. I think, do you know what? I think they're a team that are really going well at the moment. And I think there's certainly a lot of their younger players, I think, have kind of, you know, they've kind of grown up and they've matured a lot over the last couple of years. And I think, you know, they're a massive they're a massive asset to Young Ireland. And I think they're probably peaking at the right time with regards age-wise. And I think, you know, for Young Ireland, we're probably looking at them. And I mentioned it last week, have they maybe been underperforming the last couple of years at senior level, con- you know, considering what we've been seeing at the match at juvenile at juvenile and underage over mm-hmm. the last number of years and I do think that the girls are probably at that level now do you know what I do think there's probably a little bit of belief in them as well that they can actually compete at the best and I think certainly Steffi and Tiffy are you know the main threats there for them this year and I think you know the fact that they've been both playing with the senior squad this year and obviously winning the All-Ireland I think that's going to bring them in a massive boost of confidence there you know you've got some excellent player there Julie, Julie Lennon we have to mention her she's just been notorious on the scoreboard there every single week 
Cole Carter, I believe, is absolutely flying it as well. So, yeah, I think I think Young Ireland will come out without a victory. Well, if you look at their score and rate, because they didn't play in the first round games, but. 8.47 in three games for the Young Ireland's women is nothing uh, to be laughing about no. you know you have to take them seriously but for Thomastown Thomastown are Thomastown and you yeah. just never know with them what they might you produce really on don't. the day yeah you really don't know what Thomastown but you're taking Young Ireland's of Gordon to go through yeah I'm taking yeah <laughs> okay in the third game then on the quarterfinals it is reigning champions Dixborough taking on newcomers Barrow Rangers it is going to be a home game for Parmastown or for Dixborough I should say in Parmastown so is it going to be the reigning champions are going to descend hell on poor Barra Rangers I know you said Dixborough was going to win the county final out this year from what you see last weekend can did I say they did win it this year yeah can Barra Rangers cause an upset unfortunately no I don't think they will. Um, I I really I, I can't see them to be honest with you. I think Dixper have just been going stronger and stronger this year. Um, I think they're really tuned in. They're really really focused on their on their on the on the campaign. Um, I don't think they're going to have it as easy as they may think they are with Barra Rangers. I think Barra Rangers are going to come to this. There's going to be a fierce level of excitement with them. They're competing at senior level for the first time, competing in a quarter final. I think they're just going to throw everything at them. They know that they well, they know that there's no pressure. Yeah. There's no pressure on Barra Rangers here at all. If anything, all the pressure is on Dixburg. Can they do the back-to-back? Can they get over these games? And it's teams like Barra Rangers that Dixburg could really slip up on. Um, but to be fair, I think you have to look at you have to look at the consistency of Dixbury this year. They've just been phenomenal. The scores that they're raking up, like you know, there's 28 points in the difference at yeah. the minute between them. Yeah, I'd love. Do you know what? I'd love. I'm going to be brazen here now. I'd love to see a young Ireland's Dixbury county final this year. God, you're definitely being brazen on that one. I like you take a sup of water out of there now because you might need a lot of water after coming out with a statement like that one. Yeah. But we'll have to wait and see, of course, if they avoid one another in the semi-final. Mm-hmm. You never know. The last of the games is the meeting of the two Clarets, Clara and Wine Gap, both in red which is going to be flying the red flag at the weekend after the full-time whistle. Now, maybe we'll have a replay. We don't know on that one, but who is going to win the game between Clara and Weingap? Um, I think... I think having seen Clara this year and having played against both teams this year, I definitely think that Clara are going to be the superior team there. I think they will come out with a victory in that. They're very settled, very balanced throughout the field. Um, and I think that they will have taken major confidence. The fact that they got over Thomastown in the in the league and, you know, had a good victory over ourselves as well. Um, and so I do think, I think I would be definitely tipping Clara on that. Okay, so Anya's predictions for the weekend in the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior Championship Games is she's going for victory for St. Martin's over Pilltown, victory for Young Ireland's over Thomastown, victory for Dixborough over Barrow Rangers and victory for Clara over Wine Gap. You're going for the four home teams in that one. So does home team have an advantage to a certain degree over a team that's playing away? 
I think last week I said no, but by God, did I learn the, that the wrong way on Sunday. Yeah, I think sometimes they do. I think, at least I do, do think it depends an awful lot. Um, and I think it depends on the game itself. I think if it's just a kind of a round robin kind of a league game, not necessarily. But I certainly think when it comes down to, you know, the really important games, the championship games, quarterfinals, knockout stages, I think the home advantage is a massive, massive thing there. Um it, like to be honest with you if you were telling me that Clara had to go up to Wine Gap to play that game you'd nearly be kind of saying could Wine Gap pull it out of the bag but I do think you know the home advantage for Clara is going to be a big thing there OK well we will move on to the next lot of games and that is in the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate Championship uh, as you've seen already the draws have just been done for uh, them live on the Kilkenny Camogie Facebook page with the Chair Theresa Elwood uh, going through those and first up we have James Stevens versus Danesfort and as we said earlier that game is going ahead in Pork Seamus Stefan. So, madam, you have predicted that James Stevens was going to win the intermediate championships. Who is going to come out victory? Are you sticking with that or are you going to change your mind? No, I think, yeah, I think James Stevens are going to come out with victory in this. Probably a. Uh quite a comfortable victory I would imagine in it as well I do think that they are really really dominant this year um, and you know what I probably am going to go back on my words towards later stages of them winning the county final because other teams have really 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 impressing me at intermediate level this year um, but yeah definitely in this quarter final I do think it is going to be a James Stevens win OK, so next up then we have Mullinavat versus St. Lactans. As we said, this game was only played, what, a fortnight ago yeah. in Freshford. It was so, 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 so tight. There was only a point in it in the end. It could have been anybody's game at the end of the day. <laughs> Who do you fancy for it on your fahi? Oh, my God. Um, as much as I would love... To see St. Lacton's win. I just, I can't see it happening. I think it'll be a one of that victory. Paula Down will probably be delighted with you on saying that anyway, but... Uh Okay, so you're definitely going for yeah, when I have yeah when I have gone for St. Lactans, they have got bet like so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm doing them a favour here by going for Mullen Bat. <laughs> oh, you just never know with these things. Uh, right, where are we? We're moving on to game three in the quarterfinals. It is the Roar in the Steak taking on Emeralds St. Anne's in in Steak on Sunday. So, from their good win against O'Loughlin's, they're coming up a team that's certainly in form in the Roar and the League. Can they pull off an upset or is it going to be victory for the home side? I think it's going to be victory for the home side in this as well. I think, you know, Roar and Stieg have certainly put on a really good show this year at, at intermediate level and they really, really are on form. And I think for Emerald St. Anne's, it's just their lack of consistency. I think that's what's, what is going to end up catching them. Um, so I will be expecting a Roar and Stieg victory in that. I think that's going to be an excellent game between these two teams. Um, but I, I do think that Roar and Stieg will, will come out on top there. Yeah, well, they certainly did uh, top the group in it. Um, scoring 10 goals and 35 mm. points in their three games like they were raking up huge scores when it came to it um, do you feel that it'll be a high scoring game as well the weekend or can Emerald St. Anne's keep it tight and push them that little bit like I think it's going to be very interesting to see who's going to take up Quiva 
Is it Caramarta? Yeah, Caramarta. I think it's going to be very interesting. Oh, but now she was quite the uh, the third round game yeah, that they did play. She only got the goal. Yeah, but still, you know, <laughs> if you get one ball into your hand and you get a goal, isn't that enough? Done, you know, like she has been. She scored a hat trick in the in the previous two games. You know? Yeah. So I think it's going to be very interesting to here doing that. I think it'll be very. I think you know Kelly Hamilton will have to be manned as well there. But when Kelly's on form and she seems to be on form with Roaring Steeg at the moment, I don't know who would mark her because. Yeah. From what I can see, like she does so much roaming around the place, like she might start at centre forward, mm. but by the time you look at it, she's gone wing forward, she's gone out to midfield, she's gone back in the back thing. line, she yeah. just roams around the place as if she has yeah. free reign on and it. And she's super fit, like super yeah. fit this year, she really, really is. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think Rorenstein, I think that's going to, it's going to be a good game, it's going to be a good toss up between two teams, but you'd have to look at Rorenstein coming Right, that again, you're going for the home advantage on the intermediate ones. Will she do the same when it comes to? To our last game, it is the meeting of Mooncoin versus Ballyhale. It was only played a couple of weeks ago as well. Mm. You know, uh, can the results stay the same? Mooncoin came out victors in the last one. Can they do it again? Uh, do you know what? I think, yeah, I think you're going to have to give the nod to Mooncoin on this. I think they have been doing very, very well. Um, at intermediate so far and I just think that they've definitely grown a lot and I think winning the junior last year and we spoke about this it's that it's the momentum that they have especially with their lads that were winning as well I think the momentum is certainly with Mooncoin at the moment for like, listen I think Ballyhale are certainly going to pull it up to them they have been getting up really good scores you know interestingly enough we hadn't mentioned Kira Keenahan who's only recently back from Australia and is after slotting into the full forward position there it looks like for um, for Ballyhale Shamrock she scored I think four goals there in one of the games you know yep. like she's a massive massive addition to Ballyhale Shamrock and obviously you have Kiva Fenley and Mags Fenley there as well um, but I just think look Looking at Munkayan, you would have to say that they're going to, I think they'll narrowly take this one as well. Okay, <clears throat> so again, Anya's predictions in the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate Championship quarterfinals. And again, she's gone for all of the home teams in this one. It is the meeting of James Stevens versus Danes Ford. She's gone for James Stevens in that one. Molinavat versus St. Lactons in Molinavat, and she has gone for Molinavat. Roarnestig versus Emeralds St. Anne's. Pipping the roar to win that one, and Munkine versus Ballyhale Shamrocks in the last game. That's in Munkine, and she's tipping Munkine to come out on top with that one. Moving along then to the Kilkenny River Court Hotel Junior Championship quarterfinals as well. Pilltown are obviously in the tube along with Thomastown. They meet one another, and this is going to be a late kickoff on Sunday evening with a 5 p.m. throw-in in Pilltown. It is Pilltown versus Thomastown. Anya. Give us your predictions, please. Yeah, I think realistically looking at this as well, you would have to fancy Pilltown in it. Um, interestingly enough, though, will Anya Doyle probably... Should they're going to be playing when? When are, they, when are the senior ones Sunday as in well? In the morning time. Sure, she plays... She plays the senior one, she can't play the junior one. That will probably be correct. Yeah. I could stand corrected on that one now, but yeah, I wouldn't sure. be 100% she, she plays, sure on it. She plays championship, she plays championship junior. If she plays championship senior, she can't play... Junior. Junior. Yeah, that is very true. That's going to be a massive, massive factor, I think. You know, definitely... She's well, it is because scorer. she has been scoring so much for Pilltown yeah. lately. But as she's well, top like scorer for both their senior and their junior yeah. squads there. So, like, you know, they're going to have to make a decision there straight away. Um, 
you know, I, and I think the fact that Piltown are kind of a little bit weaker than they would be normally because due to injuries, I think that they're going to have to play around the senior squad. Um, so yeah, that's going to have a massive bearing on the on the um, that's going to have a massive bearing on the junior game. But I do think you should see Piltown come out with a victory in that. Okay. Uh, right, well, we'll put Piltown down in the highlighter on this one. Next up, we have the meeting of Tullahar versus Carrick Shock. This game is That's in Tullahar. Mm. It's not an easy one because both of these would have had aspirations to go all the way this year and get to the county final yeah. and potentially win it. And obviously, one of them is going home next weekend, but for which team is it going to be? Oh, God. Do you know what? I'm going to go Carrick Shock. Oh, you're going against form. Yeah. I'm going to go Carrick Shock in this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the first away team that you have uh, gone for in the championships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Okay. Well, Tullahar and Carrick Shock. The boss said that she's going for Carrick Shock in that one. We'll have to wait and see. Next weekend, the next meeting we have is Greg Namana versus Nave Breed, Aaron's own. It's in Greg Namana. It is a Sunday morning throw-in potentially at the minute and who's going to come away with the victory? I think to be fair like you have to be looking at Greg Demand to come out with a victory in that one there. Um, you know, it's great and all for Nave Bridge Aaron's own to be competing in a quarter-final but... I think let's be realistic it's going to be a Greg Naman victory there Well after their performance last weekend yeah. against Tullahar as well I suppose you couldn't really back uh, against them on that one but as we say anything can happen at any given day in it uh, which brings us along to that is one, two, three. we have one more quarter final to go and that is the meeting of John Locke's Bennett's Bridge versus the Blacks and Whites it's going ahead in Bennett's Bridge Who's going to come out top? Um, I think John Locke's Bennett's Bridge. I think, you know, they're serious, serious contenders for the Junior Championship this year. Been really, really impressed with some of the scores that they are after raking up. Now, obviously, they are without the without uh, Megan Walsh for the remainder of the season there as well. But, you know, I do think you, you can't really look past them at this stage now anyway. Well, Bennett's Bridge certainly on a high at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that uh, Alan sent me a message earlier on as well today and the fact that their under-14s are now going to compete in a county final for the first time in 30 years at under 14 level doing great work there and as you say before it's nice to see what I would class as the smaller teams Mm. coming up and what I mean by the smaller teams is that the teams that are not there every year competing in it and have to wait a long time for it and when they get to them it's great you know and I mean it's fantastic to see other teams coming in and uh, being named on it Um, so yeah it's interesting times ahead Uh, I know I got a special delivery Uh, it's actually in Mikey Ryan's car at the minute because he picked it up for me in fairness to him Um, we have a brand new cup for mm-hmm. the senior championship this year, only fresh out of the jewellers uh, and the whole lot um, done and dusted, uh, and that will be revealed later on coming in towards the championship as well. But one that uh, I suppose it brings a tint of sadness um, for me personally, but on another note, uh, a bit of joy that um, a certain somebody is certainly going to be remembered for many years to come and somebody who did enjoy going to county finals and camogie matches as well um, so all will be revealed on that one uh, later on in the year as well but um, yeah still under 14s under 12s are still going they're down to semi-finals and quarter-final stages and there's an awful lot of games to be played mm. in those at the minute so uh, it's great to see 
played they are getting played we're nearly getting to the end of the line for evening matches at this stage the evenings are closing in and um, getting closer to county final days as well and to everybody who is taking part in them best of luck yeah. uh, don't forget you know it's not to be all and end all if they don't go your way um, it's lovely to get to a county final I suppose it's even nicer to win a county final um, but just you know to enjoy every moment of it when you are getting to them um, and savour it as well so yeah um, just a couple of things I want to <laughs> dwell on a small little bit one is uh, match programmes now we've had this debate yeah. uh, going on for many many a year and it just happens that I was actually trawling online nothing to do with Camogie by the way I have to say because most of our teams in fairness when they send you in a team it's great uh, there was uh, I see it in Donegal in a football championship game where it was I'm almost certain Guido that had the team down in the match programme as a another basically an Irish yeah for the whole of the panel there was no no name talk no about, name on it as all about playing mind games uh, I know there's a journalist in Cork and we met him actually in Cork the day that we were down there and I know McCarthy is his surname and his first name eludes me I'm terrible with names lately it's terrible but he was actually at a game uh, recently as well uh, because he works for RTE where the whole of the teams and the names on the team that was put out was completely changed there was none of the no name on McCarthy. who? Mike no, it's not Mike. Mike is the different fellow. Mike is the lad working for RTE as well. Um, but I mean, surely to God in this day and age, I mean, people, as we said, and we would love to have some sort of a programme every game that yeah. we go to to watch it. Mm-hmm. But when you have the likes of that going on, it would drive you demented yeah. when somebody can't put out a team. Like in this day and age, what difference does it make if Martin Quilty sees whether Anya Fahey or Lillian Houlihan is playing on the team that they're going to be playing at the weekend? It makes no difference at all because a programme is not going to win a game for you no. it's what happens between the white lines yeah do you know what I think it's all these mind games and trying to get one up and trying to like you know hide behind things it's, it's, it's actually pathetic like, it's, it's petty like I mean it's so silly like. well I'm, I'm a PRO and I do it right and yeah. I have to go to the bother of doing match programmes and like all the other PROs around the country and the counties as well that you spend so much time mm. putting a programme together getting all the information collating it all together getting it to the printers on time and then when you come along then at the weekend mm. and you see that many changes you'd really want to tear your hair yeah. out Absolutely I just like it's just it's really silly like to be fair it's like can you not just give in the team that's going to be starting like there's no need like nobody cares and you're dead right like it's not going to the programme's not going to win a match for you None whatsoever what, It's what's going to be done like you know in the 60-70 minutes of hurling there between the white lines um, yeah I just think it's, it's just really it's just another it's just another mind game that's Ugh. all it is but it's a real silly it's a silly mind game we see it happening all the time We do I mean we we, do. we've it seen it at inter-county level yeah, as well and It happens all the time Some of our previous managers have also done it uh, yeah. you know and it, it used to drive me demented yeah. um, around the place this, but put out the bloody team and yeah, be done with it yeah. the other thing that we have been tipping about uh, all along and I know Sinead is in next door with Scoreline she's uh, doing that at the minute as well has been the abuse to referees yeah. and I mean what happened in Roscommon seems to be after exploding all over the place yeah. because I read lately where there was uh, a game in Kerry at an under 11 now I was talking to Sinead about this um, and I was also on news talk about it as well yeah. and this person that invented the silent sidelines came on and said that this is the way forward to go with games where there's no shouting no nothing or anything in it 
and yet there was now again we have to stress this is not camogie but it is yeah. relevant because yeah. I mean it's we're part of the one Gaelic Games family um, there was an under 11 game in Kerry mm. abandoned because the referee was subject to abuse at a side and sideline there was no score taking so nobody was going to win the game anyway it was just about getting kids to play yeah. so the referee abandoned the game 10 minutes into the first half but then the teams went and refereed a half each between themselves to get the game played like how much of an insult is that to that poor man who gave up whatever time it was during the weekend to go referee a game between under 11s that was mad to go and play a hurling game Mm. and you had some Egypt who supposedly and I do stress supposedly was one of their county board officers that was giving the abuse in the first place but for them to go out when the man is after abandoning the game and to go and referee a half each with it shows a total and utter lack of respect for that poor man. But do you know what? Do you know what it also does as well? It also shows the players that you can say what you want and do what you want to a referee, get away with it, and somebody else will just tug in and referee the match. Yeah, like it's not. Where's the, you know? Where's the actions? You know, like it's again, it's the one we spoke about with Kieran Murphy. Monkey see, monkey do. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. Like it's a complete lack of disrespect. Um, you know, I just can't. And do you know what? It's getting worrying and more worrying that it's it's happening and it's really happening at on a regular basis. Well, like, yeah, and that's the crazy thing about it. Like, okay, listen, it's not you know you don't con you don't um you don't condone it at any level at all, you know. But if you've seen it happening, and know an adult game, you'd be just like, oh my god, you know, like come on, you're all adults. But to see it happening at a juvenile game is an absolute disgrace. There's no like you're showing you're showing young kids that you can get away with uh, bullying and calling people names and shouting abuse them you're tell, you're basically telling them that it's okay for this to happen like it's not okay for it to happen you know something's going to have to be done in my opinion like you know we're always getting on people like why don't they be, why can't we have more referees there's your prime example <laughs> that's the exact answer not, yeah. there is not for one second would I even dream of doing uh, going training being a referee because of the abuse that they because of the abuse that they get I admire them for doing it um, but I just I read I just it, I, it just I can't I just cannot understand it I think it's an absolute disgrace I think there has to be harsher punishments brought in I think clubs like those two clubs should be fined like unfortunately for um, the, let's try, it's not the kids fault. It's not I mean these fault, are adults. But the kids are going to have to suffer the consequences Correct. because like if it continues like clubs are going to have to be fined or clubs are going to have to be like you know told that they can no longer take part in competitions unless they're going to behave in an accordingly manner like you cannot go around shouting abuse at it. Like if you did it on the side of the street or if you physically abused someone on the side of the street you would be arrested for it and locked up in jail. You cannot continue to do this. It doesn't matter if it's on a field and everyone's like oh it's sport. It doesn't matter if it's just sport. Like it's still how you how do you you cannot you cannot allow yourself to react in that manner, especially when there are so many young kids around who are looking up to you as a role model who will follow and literally do everything that you tell them to do. It's it's so so wrong. It's an absolute disgrace. If I were referees, I would be just doing an all out abandonment strike. 
and at the end of the day it's the people who love going to watch matches they're the ones that are going to be affected by it because there's going to be no more games because referees will just not be pushing up with it but like, there seems was, to be a lot more pushing yeah. in that direction now and you I know? totally get it and I would hate for it to happen I really would because God what would we be doing on Sundays on Saturdays and Sundays and yeah. by not going to matches but I do think I would be all in favour of it and I think Roscommon were definitely 100% right to do it when it happened to the referee up there and I think all the other counties need to get behind it now as well and I think to just do an all out strike unless people can act accordingly and act in an appropriate manner at matches they shouldn't be there but I do think there has to be harsher punishments for it like you know this nonsense of you know sending someone off like what does it do oh you have to go outside the lines that's what is it like? That's just a joke. Like people laugh at that. Like they should be oh, yeah, fined. They're, they're going to abuse you at the sideline. Exactly. So just because they're out behind a fence, you no, then have to take it because they're out in a crowd yeah, somewhere. Like you know, I just think it's absolute nonsense. You know, it really is. It's something that's going to have to be looked at, and it's all like it's just so so disrespectful. Again, it goes back to mental health then as well. On top of it, all. And I hate to be kind of bringing that back into it, but it does. Like if like if I'm standing in the middle of the field and someone is calling me all these names and abusing me or physically coming at me. Of course it's going to play out my mind. Yeah. Of course I'm going to get upset. But imagine that referee in Kerry, right? He done the right thing or whatever. He walked yeah. off the field because of abuse. And the next thing you're reading is, oh God, the two teams went out here and they refereed the half each and finished the game like and you know, how the hell would that make a fella feel? No, I just think it's an absolute it's an absolute disgrace. And I think both clubs in that situation they, they need to be severely punished like and I know that's so like oh you're such a, you're so bold go and stand in the in the corner over there it's not like that it's about showing respect to the people that are giving up their time to come and referee like as we've said on numerous occasions we wouldn't have games without referees yeah. and if people cannot respect the people that are in the middle of the field like listen I know you could throw out now had Jesus ref or whatever like that you know throughout matches I've often done it ye have often done it as well but it's not it's it's the I've going, done it high in the press box and I won't say I haven't but I it's have going, it's going it's going overboard it's going OTT I think it's just it's it's getting ridiculous it's getting way out of control now like if I were referees I would be just pulling a halt to it I wouldn't I wouldn't allow myself to be going and put into a situation like that where people are going well, to Well you me. take it right I mean the, the rule book is probably there so for verbal abuse of match official if that individual is reported for us they get minimum of four weeks it's not worked on games with it so it's a month suspension or whatever how many times is that going to get overturned right? uh I've been talking to some of the rugby fellas obviously because of the documentary that i done last year as well and I'm not too sure whether it was Leinster or Munster um, but I was talking to Peter Fitzgibbon about this and Peter is the uh, referees manager for Connacht it is now Peter is a former inter uh, or not inter-county um, an international uh, referee um, and he actually said it to me that rugby is clamping down an awful lot harder so there was one particular person in a province and I won't say which province it mm. was but because he verbally abused a referee he was given a 16 week suspension mm. just for verbal abuse yeah. of a referee that's four times the minimum suspension towards GE that would give out to somebody so you can go and verbally abuse me on the sideline if I'm refereeing a game and if I report you you're going to get four weeks. But it comes back to the reporting of it as, uh, as well. again, like, you know, uh, is it being reported? Is it like, are, are they all being reported? And I do I do think you have to realise that some of them are not probably being reported all the time. And if they are, there's all these technicalities and all this nonsense that goes along with it. But, you know, I just think we don't, like, it's, 
it's kind of laughable when we think about it and even like some of the appeals you know for players getting red cards and all that as well like it's well, nearly said too this before. easy yeah, it's, I mean, it's too easy like it's just it's you have to have joke. some sort of personal yeah. responsibility we're, we're a laughing stock like and it's we're going to continue to be a laughing stock if we don't change it Madam Producer you would like to say something? Yeah I just think there's enough rules there to cover like if you think about it there's a rule in both associations around bringing the associations into disrepute like if you're caught abusing a referee, that's bringing the associations into disrepute. So while you don't need to, and I think, am I right in thinking the minimum suspension on that is 48 weeks? Oh God, no. Or is it 16 weeks? It's quite a long time anyway. But like if you weren't going to take We've never had to use that in the county at the minute, so I don't even know. No, it's never had to. But it should be used. Make an example. It should be used. Simple as. And they're looking for ways to get, like that that under 11 match. I was reading that the other night and I thought was somebody after taking the you know what. Well, you can say this is a podcast. Because like... An under 11 match and, and a silent sideline and no scores and yet one of the mentors took it upon himself to go abuse the ref. Yeah, but you see, this was my point to Sinead and to Anton Savage when I was on with him as well, that while you have the silent sideline, it's great and the idea of it is great, but there is a scenario where it was in play and the and referee still had to walk off the field because mm-hmm. it didn't work. There was nobody there to police it. So the only thing that that man could do was to walk away. Abandon an under 11 game. I don't think sideline sidelines are going to work. I think it's going to be too hard to be managed. Um, well, I had serious reservations yeah. about him, and I actually have more of a reservations about after what after I read what after read, the weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah but just, like there are plenty of rules there around respect within the both associations. So maybe it's time to start mm-hmm. reporting and using those rules about reporting abuse because. It is disrespectful. Yeah. It is bringing everything into disrepute. And maybe it's just time to start using the tools that we have without trying to find new tools to yeah. solve it. Use the tools we have. But like how much did the GA spend on that campaign, Give Respect, Get Respect? There was posters in every club room yeah. throughout the yeah. whole country. Referees had it on their We all have jerseys. it on the jersey, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like, and it was something like the TV ad campaigns, the radio ad campaigns, social media campaigns of it. Like, it's gotten, it's gotten worse. Like it is actually, to, to be honest with you, I think it's really only coming to the fore now oh, that absolutely. we're hearing about it. And as you said, it is a monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, like, it is. Like, I'm saying it all year at Tutor and Safeguarding and I'd say people are fed up listening to the rant, but I for one am fed up. But obviously like, people are not listening to the rant because... No, because, you know, you know I'm sorry now and I'm, I'm going back to this again, like, because it's too easy to get away with it. Absolutely. That's exactly what and it is. And that's what it is. We're not, like, you're not being, they're not being punished enough. Like, it's, we're being made a joke of, we're be made a mockery of like I could go to like so you could tell me in the morning I can go to a match and absolutely give the the man in the middle or the woman in the middle the height of abuse mm. call him what I want hit them scratch I'll only get four weeks but there's a case about six years ago where uh, a, a guy was reported for abusing a referee um, I'm not sure if it ever came to a, a successful end because every time he was called for a meeting he had a six out from his doctor to say that he wasn't in, uh, he wasn't able to come because he had some ailment or another. And, and I don't know, did it ever come? I didn't he- hear the end of it. And it was horrific abuse. Now yeah. it was. 
Do you know, I just think well that's the minimum I think they need to up the minimum anyway from yeah, the, I think the four, four weeks, weeks is a joke. I, but I, but I also think it should be I, I do think like you know to for people to actually respect it I think yeah okay it's all well and good saying like let's ban them from 12 weeks or let's ban them mm. for 16 weeks for matches there has to be something else. I think, I think they do need to be fined financially as well for it because I think that's where they'll actually realise like when you know when it's coming out of their pockets like if you turned to me and said Anya you're banned from 12 weeks grand that's What's going to stop you after like what, the 12 weeks exactly. doing it again? But, but you see, who's exactly going like to know? Because there's nobody, like it doesn't come out that Lillian Houlihan or Anya Fahey were banned off the line. So you could come to a gate where you know, where mm-hmm. you're known and get in anyway. Exactly. So like who shepherds it? Yeah, there, it's, it's, you know, this oh, there's I mean, so many like, anomalies in it. But you're, look, we've been talking about this with, well, we personally haven't, but I mean, everybody has been talking about yeah. the abuse with the last 20 plus years. We've been talking about it more and more with the last number of weeks as well. And here we are again. back at it again with another story over the weekend. And I suppose the fact that we're highlighting it as well will bring it to the attention that maybe once and for all, something can be done about it. We can let the kids play what they want to bloody yeah. do in the first place is go and play games, enjoy the games. Mm. You know, well, I and, think we um, highlighted that in one of our first podcasts, which are going 12 months at this stage yeah I know but you look like, I think we could the GAA be back. need to step up here a bit now they really it's not do. only the GAA, yeah, I, GAA I think, I think all of the associations everything. yeah they, everybody needs they really need to step up here now they need to you know set out a better example they need they, they really need to do something because at the end of the day if they don't we're not going to have any sports well let's put it this way and uh, this is only an allegation that was made right if it was a county board official that was actually the one that abused that referee there he should immediately resign from his position and he should never he should never be left hold an officership again again. if you're going to do that to somebody who you're supposed to be upholding the highest of respect for people to give it to him you're preaching about giving respect Mm -hmm. and yet you're the one that's going out and doing that and you see it's all right having all of these uh, reports done and surveys done on it and chatting to the referees but like that's all piecemeal if you're not going to really sit down and put in the hard yards and and ban people and find them and be sure yeah. that they're banned and fined. Yeah, it's, it's, I know. It's a real arrogance. It's an air of arrogance, isn't it? The abuse that you, the people do give, like, and it's it says a lot about the individual themselves. Absolutely, kind of and there's an air are. of entitlement yeah, about it among yeah. some people that you know exactly. I'm after paying me whatever to get in the mm. gate, and I'm entitled to abuse the referee. Yeah, well, there's a lot of that goes as well. Anyway, we could waffle on and keep going about this uh, particular topic um, for an awful long time after it. But unfortunately, time has caught up with us here in the studio here in KCLR. Hopefully, you're going to enjoy your podcast, albeit you're going to hear the draw live when you're listening to our podcast on the Tuesday evening when it goes out. So don't worry, everything is not uh, in Groundhog Day. It was done the night before as we do record this on a Monday evening. Just uh, one last thing. I don't know, is Sinead live in there at the minute? Is the red light on her microphone? No, she's not live. She's not live? isn't she? No, she's not. Right, well, we're going to go to Sinead live because she is in Studio One at the minute. But just before we go, we would like to wish Sinead the very best of luck in her county final on Saturday as she does manage Moonagir Boulevard. So I know she can hear me because I'm on speaker into her in Studio One at the minute. So Sinead, from all of us here on Come On Kind, the very best of luck to you and the team. And hopefully we'll have you here Monday evening with a win. Uh. 
<laughs> in she comes to me she appreciates that right that is it from us all here on Come On Kind hopefully you will all enjoy your games at the weekend to everyone that's going to win good luck and best of luck when it comes up to the semi-final draws by the way we will have the semi-final draws again live when we are recording next Monday evening for the following week in the senior the intermediate and the junior championship so we're going to have a busy weekend uh, or a busy night I should say this week but it is it from us here on episode 5 with season 3 hopefully you are enjoying the Camogie Kint the championships the club championships and everything to come with it um, and until next week myself and Anya will be talking to you then goodbye good luck this is Come On Kind with Martin Clotty and Onya Fahmi. Oh,